0: Welcome to Christian Life Assembly Online. We are so glad that you are able to join us. We hope you enjoy the message this week from Pastor Jim Poirier. For more information, please visit our website at www.clawinnipeg.org. Or if you have a prayer request, please email us at prayer at we, we think of Christmas, and oftentimes, obviously, we, we associate Christmas with giving. And uh, some people give lavishly, some people give conservatively, but I think for most of us, if we're out looking for something, your mind is on the person you're shopping for, and you're looking for that per- perfect gift or that appropriate gift. And, and uh, I remember when it was Christmas of... 1984 and uh joanne never really let me live this down but i was engaged to joanne and i thought i should buy her a new blouse and i went out and bought her a really nice blouse it was green and black and uh that was when i realized that i should never go clothes shopping for my wife she she did not like it at all and uh had to kind of find a tactful way of telling her fiancé that it was going back to the store. I still think it was nice. But we we, we do go through all of this this business of, of gifts and giving gifts and looking for gifts. and And I want to read us this morning a passage of Scripture from Micah chapter 6, verse 6 to 8. Now this may not be the traditional... Christmas story type of a message, but there is a message in it for us. And Micah chapter 6 verse 6 says, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousand rivers of oil, Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has showed you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Now this is an interesting passage of scripture, and in which the prophet is asking, what shall I with what shall I come before the Lord? What should I bring to the Lord? What should I offer the Lord? And he asks this question burnt offerings, year old calves, thousands of rams, ten thousand rivers of oil, or, or even my firstborn. What what would be appropriate as a gift to God? What could I give to him? And so, if we were to ask that question today, if we were to give a, a gift to the Lord this Christmas, what would be appropriate? What would be enough There's a proverb that says, "The only gift worth giving is yourselves and Romans chapter twelve: one says, "I urge you, brothers, in view of god's mercy to Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. And Micah realizes in this passage of Scripture, it it comes to light. What, What three things could I offer the Lord? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. So let's unwrap each of these gifts this morning. Let's talk about it acting Justly. We know that, boy, in this world there's a lot of injustice. There's a lot of really unfair things that are happening in this world. When we think of the news that we hear almost every day of massive shootings and terrible things that are happening. Terrible things that are happening to innocent people to bystanders, to people that are just out shopping or minding their business or at a concert or sitting in a classroom. And loved ones are being taken away in a tragic, violent way. Mm, It's terrible. We think of the violence. We think of the theft that is taking place in our own city with the meth crisis and, and all of that. And people having property taken from them. We see it in the political world, the dishonesty, the, the lies, the, the abuse of power. And the question is, where is justice to be seen? Where can we find justice? There's so much of injustice in the world. Where do we find justice? justice in this world? What if we as a church, what if we as followers of Jesus were to wrap up a gift of justice and put it in a manger? And I think that is regardless of what other people do. Will we be the one that's fair? Will we be the one that is fair with another person? Will we be honest when we're pressed? Will we conduct ourselves, our lives, our business with integrity? Will will we tell the truth even if it costs us? Will we love people who are different than us, who think different, who may be of a different religion from a different part of the world? Will we love people? Will we love people who have less than us? Will we defend the one who can't stand up for himself? Will we be compassionate toward people that we even disagree with? And so we come to the next point. As we think about that, what would it look like for us to wrap up justice and put it under a Christmas tree? I think it would look like all of that. And secondly, we're challenged and encouraged to, to love mercy. Now if we go back to John chapter 7, verse 53 and following right through to um, 8 verse 11. There is this story of a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. Well, some would speculate that it was a setup, that she was merely a pawn in the hands of these religious people that had devised a scheme to trick or to trap Jesus. But regardless of whatever it was, here was a woman who clearly was caught in the very act of adultery. So she was a sinner. And they brought her to Jesus, knowing full well that the law would demand that she would be stoned to death. Pretty harsh. And Jesus, as you know, knelt down and started writing in the sand. One commentator said he was probably writing down the names of the girlfriends of the Pharisees, I don't know. But whatever it was, he started to whittle in the sand and write things down. And we have here in this passage of Scripture a really incredible glimpse of the heart of God and the mercy that Jesus exuded. He did not in any way justify her. He didn't condone her. He didn't say, oh, you know, what you're doing is fine. He didn't do any of that. But it's interesting that while he did did not condone what she was doing, neither did he condemn her as a person. And he asked that piercing question of the crowd who was holding their stones ready to hurl them at this woman. He who is without sin, throw the first stone. It was a piercing question because he was asking people to examine themselves. First of all, you can throw your stone, but I want you to think. I want you to think about your own life and your own walk with God. I want you to think of your own infractions and your own faults and failings. And that's really what Jesus was saying to the crowd. And one by one, they left. And so Jesus turns to this woman and says, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And then he said, neither then do I condemn you. Go and leave your life of sin. I was thinking about mercy this morning. I was thinking about mercy. Mercy is given by us when we are the ones that are in power in a situation. When we are in power to not give mercy or to give mercy, that is when mercy is given. Mercy is, is something we give when we really have a choice not to give it. When you have the upper hand in a situation, in a circumstance, in a relationship, that's when we have the choice to give mercy. Let me, let me explain myself here. Let's say you've had a a relational conflict with someone and clearly they are wrong. Clearly they have offended you. And it comes out and they're exposed. And we have a choice in that situation as to how we're going to treat them. Are we going to treat them with mercy and not condemn them and forgive them? Or conversely, are we going to punish them? Are we going to hold it over their head? Are we going to wave our fist in their face? That's where mercy comes in. And you see, Jesus had the power in this situation to condemn. And all the people had the power to condemn. But isn't it interesting that Jesus chose this path of mercy for this woman that was not deserving of it? It kind of brings it right down. And you know what? It's hard to be that person. It's hard to be a merciful person. It's hard to show mercy when you're right and the other person is clearly wrong. It's hard to show mercy when you've been hurt. It's hard to show mercy. It's not an easy thing. as I've been examining my own heart, thinking about this and thinking about the times and the temptation, when I could not choose to show mercy, it's hard to, to show mercy. Showing mercy is something that every one of us have the opportunity to do. It's in that moment that we ask ourselves the question, will I do it though? Will I not be one to throw an accusation, but instead will I elevate that person? Will I be the person that's not self-righteous or pride, prideful? Will I show kindness and grace and mercy and forgiveness? And so maybe this Christmas, we can wrap up this gift of mercy And put that underneath the tree. And say, I'm going to keep opening this gift all year. When people offend me, when people hurt me, when I'm disappointed, when family members act like family members, I'm going to show mercy. I'm going to commit to being kind. I'm going to commit to reflecting the true spirit of Christ and show the world that he's made a difference in my life. That even if you want to be less than good, I'm going to be good. I'm going to, I'm going to go a step further in showing mercy. And then the next one is to, to walk humbly. He's shown you, O oh man, what the Lord requires of you, and This is actually something the Lord requires of us. See, Jesus lived in a a culture. He lived in a time where people were arrogant and prideful. He lived in this, this culture influenced by the Greeks. They were masters at innovation and education and democracy. They, they really, from what I understand in history, were kind of the founders of this whole democratic way of, of doing life and, and economies and, and intellect. And They had so many achievements, so many things to be proud of. I was reading this morning that if we're going to reach people in 2019, one of the key approaches that we have to have with people today is that we have humility. Because humility is attractive to people. And when you think of it, in our world today and and what we see happening, I I think of, of political figures and we see a lot of arrogance A lot of pride, a lot of personal attacks, and and all of these things happening. And people are sick and tired of it. But humility is something that's very attractive. And humility is what makes Jesus attractive. And certainly more attractive than the Pharisees. And so if we go back to this situation in John, chapter 7 and chapter 8. Who was more attractive in that situation? Who impressed this woman who was caught in the act of adultery more? What would have caused her to turn from her sin? The legalistic people that wanted to throw stones? Or Jesus, who had mercy, who was humble, who was kind, who was gracious? Arrogance is only attractive to the arrogant. And we have to remember that arrogance is sin. And we are called out by God to to humbly love God and to love our community and to love people and to love people who don't know him because God loves them. Jesus was known in the New Testament as a, a friend of sinners. He was humble. And he was not afraid to to go to the people and just hang out with people that really needed him. These days, when we know we're living in the last days, and there is such an increase in, in technology and knowledge and change and society, and, and we see narcissism running rampant. We are raising narcissistic children who are addicted to, to social media, who who are easily offended, who are so far from the Lord that when we choose to walk humbly, we're really going counter to the culture. And if we follow Jesus, we'll find that we're always going counter to the culture. Christ modeled humility, not weakness, not poverty, but humility. He had incredible power. He had great power, great knowledge, but he chose to serve. He had incredible authority. But he chose to give. When we think of the authority that Jesus had, the the fact is, when he was hanging on the cross, he probably could have come down from that cross with the help of 10,000 angels. But he chose to give himself. He chose to die in humility and shame. He had great knowledge and understanding, and he showed incredible, incredible restraint. Humility is having a modest view of our own importance. To walk humbly, to walk humbly. So as we close this morning, I think think of Christmas. Think of Christmas in terms of a passage of scripture that you normally wouldn't associate with Christmas. To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly because it is with these gifts that God is pleased. Let's bow in a word of prayer, shall we? Thanks for listening to Christian Life Assembly's Message of the Week. Be sure to check us out at clawinnipeg.org for more information.